Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in strap hanker. Hanker. <laughs> my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy, and she gave me that her. Yes. So it's entirely her fault. <laughs> it's uh, not a word I had ever heard of before just a few moments ago, but apparently it is a word referring to... A person who stands on a bus or public transit. Oh, because they hang so, yeah. from the. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense. But strap pulley. Thingy. When I saw it, I was just like, in this article, I was like, "What?" Uh, the article is horrible. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> the, the headline is "Strap hanger slashes woman in the face oh. for eating in on Brooklyn train." Apparently, someone was eating on the train and. This Someone girl else. didn't like it, so she she took a knife out and slashed her face. But she was a it's a strap hanger, <laughs> and I'm just like, what is that? Who has ever even <laughs> heard of that? Anyway, they still haven't caught her. I hope they do. Yeah, me too. And I hope she's charged with attempted murder. Right. <laughs> just what? Why would you not? What was she eating? <laughs> I don't know. I guess tuna. She was eating a tuna sandwich. Yeah, she was eating a smelly. plate of microwaved broccoli. Oh, people <laughs> microwave broccoli. You guys know. How, do you all? You all threw and away your microwaves, it, right? right? They take it away. <laughs> if they you take guys it onto the subway, yeah. If if you haven't thrown away your microwave yet, <laughs> here is one reason to do so. Um. So yesterday, my dad's really funny, but uh. There was this, um, he discovered a homeschool curriculum, a Christian homeschool curriculum bookstore. Oh, here? (laughs) Wow. I won't tell you where because it would give away, I won't tell you where while we're recording because then I'd have to kind of tell you like the address of my dad's. Right. Just secret lair. (laughs) His yes, his underground bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, so no addresses here, but <laughs> I did walk through it yesterday because I was like, "Oh, I'm so." I mean, am I Very on nice. the hunt for curriculum right now? No, but just a but, place where you could go look at it instead yeah. of being like on a website. Yeah, something. it's like all the curriculum that I might possibly be interested in. Um, they had all of Rod and what a place stuff. to make friends. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, I have an account there now. <laughs> My cool. dad was like, you should check it out. And I was like, okay. And then I did. And of course, I had all the kids with me. So did I get out of there without buying books? No. Of course not. <laughs> no. The curriculum that I know the most about um, is the Apologia Science okay. curriculum because I regularly communicate with one of the guys, one of the guys that works there whose name is jeff (laughs) and the reason i regularly communicate with him is because 
he receives a lot of emails yeah to his email jeff at apologia.com yes <laughs> i can imagine so... that he would <laughs> poor me guy and, me and jeff are, <laughs> you guys have we're to... friends in some way <laughs> So I don't know anything about the <laughs> Apologia Science curriculum. I've heard it's great. But uh, we were looking through their like science section. And apparently Rod and staff has science curriculum. Oh, interesting. And my oldest enjoys the English curriculum so much that she convinced me to buy oh. a science curriculum. <laughs> and I was like, does she know I'm going to make her do this? <laughs> Because I am. She's gonna be like, "Why did I? Why did I do this?" But I seriously got a whole year. Buy this. Yeah, but I seriously got a whole year of science for fourteen bucks. Oh, the textbook and the teacher's manual. Okay. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll buy that." No complaints. (laughs) Absolutely, I'll buy that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is it all new, or do they? Is it like a buy and sell? Some some of it is new. Some of it is not. Okay. Called uh. I'm trying to Google it right now. Oh, it looks like there's multiple locations. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah. The whole world. Okay. So it looks like it's all over the place, but there's multiple, there's multiple locations and it's called the uh, Covenant Homeschool Resource Center. Oh. And it sounds like there's way more than one location. Which means you can share the name. Yeah, <laughs> you will not be giving away. There's more than one location. The secret. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, you like drive up to one, and there's like an enormous cave with a <laughs> waterfall flowing down over it, and you're like, hmm. My dad's RV is parked outside. I wonder if. <laughs> I wonder if you fly through the waterfall and and then uh, you and then the dividing line set is there. Oh man, just in a cave. <laughs> Because obviously, right. that's where he would do yeah. the dividing line. Can you think of a more secretive yeah. place than a cave? I mean, in this metropolis of four million people, <laughs> if I tell you it's near something, <laughs> honestly, that doesn't really help you. Right. <laughs> True. And by near, I could mean seven miles. Right. Because Phoenix is 500 square miles. It's <laughs> enormous. But I still was kind of being weird about it, wasn't I? Anyway, doesn't no, matter. I like I'm I won't turn down a little bit of cryptic. I won't <laughs> just be I cryptic. Just won't. It's just fun. <laughs> anyway, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. We are getting ready to start a new round of book club. So uh, join us. We are. It's let's see. It's starting this week. Oh. It's starting on April 13th, which is shortly. From the time that you might be listening to this. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Grab your book. We're reading Total Truth by Nancy Piercy. And we meet at patreon.com slash theologians on Wednesdays at 1.30. Although, any of our book clubs can be watched at any time at your convenience there. Mm -hmm. So, if you can't make it live, it's totally fine. But we're excited. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be... I don't know. Whenever we think something think is going to be difficult, it's not. what things are going to be. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, this will be easy. And it's not. It's more like, let's see how this is going to be. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> is, what I, is what I know about it. <laughs> I've already done a Nancy Piercy book. Yeah. 
So and this one, I mean, <laughs> this one has questions. Yeah. To help get through it <laughs> when and I facilitate first, a, a book study. When I first started doing book club, I took like such excessive notes because I didn't know anything about leading a book discussion. Right. So like the first couple months of book club when we were doing Love Thy Body, I would just take like pages and pages of notes. And it turned out that wasn't necessary. But So you have your own book. <laughs> Yes. Basically on I have my favorite thoughts and highlights (laughs) from the first several chapters. And it took up an entire notebook. So (laughs) Uh, we're a little bit more relaxed now. You don't have to come with pages and pages of notes. You just need to come with your brain. I just would love to see a series of published books that are my thoughts and highlights (laughs) of this theological work. Yeah, I mean, don't people do that? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like people do that all the time. Anyway, okay. Um, do we need to tell him anything else? I don't think so. I don't. I forgot to okay. say that I was that I was Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Summer. But I think did you have we established that? I felt like you said that. We establish it every week. Well, sometimes I keep, twice. I keep finding out there's new people here. Well, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> I was talking to you today already about the eras mm-hmm. of Sheologians. There was the Vegas era. Yep. That's Which I mean, sounds interesting for those of you that don't weren't <laughs> right, here then. Right. But I there, used to live there is what she's yeah, saying. It gets to the point where <laughs> stuff that was yeah. so a part of your life. Yeah. It's not anymore. All of a sudden people would never know. I You're know. like, huh, interesting. I think that actually transitions us quite well. Yes. <laughs> um, that was great. So <laughs> <clears throat> We when we went to the uh, Fight Left Feast mm-hmm. conference last September. Oh, we're gonna be at a conference this October. It's called. It's not Fight Left. It's Feast. not Fight Left Feast. It's called ReformCon, and you guys should come. You can get all that info at reformcon.org. But it's here in the valley, and you can come hang out with us. Although, hopefully, I will just have had a baby. So. Your interaction with Summer may be very light. A little bit more limited, but I'm going to be there. So I'll say hi to you and I'll have my baby and a carrier and I'll be like, you can look, but don't touch. Right. And it'll be really great. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> so when we were at Fight Laugh The East, carrier helps. Does it? If they're just like strapped okay. in. Then yeah, I guess that like, makes oh, sense. cute. Cute head of a baby. Mm-hmm. Look, cute bald head. And you're like, good. That's all you're allowed to say. <laughs> It's winter. It's okay, Tubal Cane. <laughs> It'll be okay. You'll go home <laughs> and you will nap in your blacksmith bed and everything will be fine. Anyway. Oh, this poor child. Um, <laughs> so we took audience questions when we spoke there. We did. And I still had a pile of them because they were all turned in on little scraps of paper to us. And then I was kind of put in charge of them and I kept them because I thought maybe there's some good questions here. And then we were looking through them and we sensed a very strong theme. We did. A very like the most asked question (laughs) that we received from the ladies at the conference was essentially this. This is not a direct quote. This is a summation. Yes. Um, and it's, I have kids, life is busy, 
how do I stay on top of everything without losing my mind? And isn't that the question of (laughs) womanhood uh, when you're managing a home? Mm -hmm. Like that is the question. And that was the question that we, I mean, overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There was like out of 30 pieces of paper, five of them weren't that. Maybe. (laughs) Right. So most of them. Yeah. Some of them are very practical. Like, is there a way that I can make this more manageable? Is what about when I'm in this season? So yeah, it was a lot of variation, but it was really all pretty much that same. It was that question. Like, how do I do it? Right. How do I manage everything? Um, And so we were looking at these questions and uh, I, I also remember that around that time last year, I had said something on the internet about, uh, it was just very, I thought, vanilla encouragement to remember that. <laughs> That's when you seem to make the most people upset. <laughs> yeah. Is when you're just like, no one will care. I even wrote this. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden it's like. Every, every time I think I've said the most boring statement. <laughs> like it's a real snooze fest. Which is why we've stopped saying, again, this is why we've stopped saying how things are going to be. Yes. We're just going to see how they're going to be. Just see. <laughs> We're just going to ride this ride and take it wherever it goes. Um, I don't know. Something I was like an Elizabeth Elliot quote about how like God is a God of order and he brings order into our lives and that order is a good thing to pursue. And I just thought this was a general Christian principle. Um, you know, the old saying Christ or chaos. General uh, Christian principle plus a very wise woman said it yeah you think that like checks all the boxes well i guess not so um oh but wait let me guess were you mean about it yes (laughs) it was mean and you know here's here's the deal i can't think of a meaner person than elizabeth Elliot. (laughs) cruel (laughs) i i think that when you're in the throes of maybe your kids are young or you have a trial going on, you're in a particularly difficult season. It's easy to feel offended that other people might have it outwardly a little bit more together looking than you do. Right. But of or course, it might feel like someone is poking at you, but they're not actually poking at you. Like, right. You're just feeling sensitive. Right. We've all been there. Right. And I do think uh, I'll say at the outset that if your idea of order in your home means it's something that's going to draw a lot of adoring eyes on Instagram, that that is not how I think God would define order versus chaos. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be a controversial statement to say that God brings order into our lives because God is a God of order. He wants us to live our lives in an orderly fashion. I think that covers both morally, spiritually, and physically. Um, And I do think that sometimes what Christ has put on our plate might feel like chaos if what we're striving for is that Instagram-worthy photo. Right. So, If your idea of order is that at any second 
you are the most prepared to be the most gracious host. That is not what we're talking about. Well, and then on the opposite side, I guess you check your definition of chaos as well, because there are going to be seasons mm-hmm. where things are a little bit more yeah, chaotic. Yeah. Even whether that means like you've just had a baby or maybe maybe you help your husband two weeks out of the year on this big project he works on. And for those two weeks, you are like things just are totally your whole normal routine is off and everything. Um, That just has to do with But you're if you're unwilling to accept that there are going to be moments where things it doesn't mean it's in chaos Right. <laughs> it just means right. like you know but if anytime any little thing falls out of routine if that's chaos to you then that's also not a correct view of order and chaos <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I do think one way to think about it is that when Christianity touches we can look throughout history when Christianity touches a culture it really cleans the place up right so when Christianity walked up into Northern Europe and met the Vikings who were some really nasty barbarians. Not much long after you had the descendants of the Vikings building like Oxford and universities. Watch out. You'll get in trouble in some circles for saying stuff like this. What did I say? Just that invasion. Oh, okay. was a good thing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Christianity (laughs) fixes things up, you know, like, you go from colonizer. Yeah. Well, you go from, you know, barbarians that eat their enemies right. to people building cathedrals and right. Christianity does Institutions that. that we still observe respectfully yes. today. Yes, because God is a God of order. How do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us so, but also nature tells us so. The universe is ordered and everything mm-hmm. is very particularly placed and everything has a reason. An order is just a visible sign of the invisible reality that God has a design and a purpose for things. Mm-hmm. And so we're not God, but we, we ought to image him. Right. Uh, we ought to pursue order. When you look at your home, you should be able to envision naturally what <clears throat> is going to look welcoming what is going to functionally work like keeping all your utensils in the master bathroom (laughs) probably not something most of us do probably not something you ought to do unless your kitchen's being ripped out and remodeled or replaced or whatever Uh, we're gonna get a voicemail from someone who's like look (laughs) i've I've been remodeling my kitchen. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, oh. I was just going to say like, look, I've tried everything and <laughs> the master bath is, is the, the best. best place. The master bath truly is the best place for your utensils. Honestly, if that's how you want to order your home and it's not chaotic, <laughs> it's really none of my business. But I would argue that it's called design. Yeah. Um. So like. My husband has a certification in permaculture design, which permaculture has some philosophies that we don't agree <laughs> with. To, yeah. Um, but it's it's basically a design philosophy that 
I mean, what he would refer to it as sustainable design, which Mm. means that you design things in a way to work with the system that it's already working within. Meaning like if you have something, if you have a tree that needs a bunch of water, don't plant it on the top of the hill where a bunch of water (laughs) runs away from it. Right. Like there, that's just, I guess we don't need to prove that order exists, (laughs) but it's just, it's design. When something is designed, when a system is designed, um, it makes sense. And then the other characters in that system make sense with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a part of our displaying Mm -hmm. God's image when because we are also able to design and create and order things in our own sphere. Yeah. So I think order in our homes, because we are we are called to keep our homes. Okay, so Titus 2, this is very clear. We are called to keep our homes. That is, women are, older women are to have a certain kind of behavior. That's a reverent behavior. Uh, They're to teach what is good. They're to train the young women to love their husbands and children. They're to be self-controlled, pure, working at home. This is what we're called to, just very clearly. And if we're not... I, I do believe that order in our homes will show a rightly ordered submission to Christ. That ultimately we are seeking to run our homes in such a way that we are truly building up. We're building up the people that are there and that we have a purpose behind it. I do want to quickly say, um, cause I'm, I kind of, no, this isn't, it's fine. I'm just anticipating it, mm. but it's fine. Um, I just want to say that, like, in terms of this whole conversation, some people may be like, well, like, I don't have a home mm. with children and a husband in it. Mm. So how does this apply? And so I just just listen. I think oh, sure. that in my personal opinion, if you're single, being single is a great opportunity to practice being ordered while you're maintaining working and maintaining fellowship and Bible reading and all that stuff, the more you practice when you have, I guess, quote unquote, less to juggle, mm-hmm. the the better practiced you'll be when you have more to juggle, as it were. Yeah. So this is not. And if you're a teenager living in your parents' home, this can start with how you treat with how you live in your own space, with how you function within the space of the entire home. Like right. you're not in charge of it, but you can, are you, you being, help your parents? Are you being order? submissive? Yeah. Like, you know, it just, it really is something that I think everyone is called to in different ways. We're all called to um, live within a moral order, uh, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Um, I would even argue like, one reflection of your moral order is are you ordered in how you dress do you care about how you present yourself Mm -hmm. I think one aspect of modesty that doesn't get discussed very often is just that a a modest person who's reverent in their behavior which we're all called to be is not going to dress in such a way that it makes other people uncomfortable right you know I think I've like said this before but like imagine going having to sit like on an airplane or in close quarters with somebody who 
is dressed really schlubby. Right. right. And we're not we're not referring to like athleisure. Obviously, <sighs> obviously immodest. Casual wear is very popular in our culture, but we're talking about someone who is like clearly not done anything. Like they've just they haven't they're showered. Not in a position they haven't brushed to, their teeth. Yeah. They're not covered. And right. you are going to be skin to skin with this right. person for yes. the next four hours like there's an aspect here of that is not someone who is rightly ordered if you can't bother clothing yourself in such a way that other people aren't going to be uncomfortable there are some there's a lot of disorder happening there right generally that's not like if you were to look into that person's life objectively you're you're probably not going to see a pristine and ordered not Home, a lot of concern. Work life. <laughs> right. So, okay. So the the general principle, I would say, is it's your job to manage your home and raise your children in an orderly fashion. That's your job. Right. Um, we obey God. We raise them in the fear of the Lord. The reality is we're sinners. So every person that lives in your home that you're striving to, I don't know, you said like you brought up earlier the garden, like mm-hmm. it had to be tended, right? Like right. we're even before the fall, the garden had to be worked. And so now after the fall, wherever we are, whatever our domain is, it has to be worked and it's painful right? because it's toily. actively, yeah, it's toily. It's like <laughs> fighting against you. There's like sin and it's, we, thorns and <laughs> there's, everything. Yes. And I, so the argument isn't, and it's dishes. so simple. It's so simple. Right. So just do it. My yeah. argument would be it's a lot of work. So get to it. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So start today. Yeah. Like the best time to start would have been yesterday, but start today. It's so funny because there's also a, there's a very, it's a pretty well-known quote, but the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. <laughs> The second best time is today. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's it's exactly true. And and you know this, the the best time to get orderly is when you're young, before you get married, before you have kids, as I was recommending yes. earlier. Yep. Um, the second best time is today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just start. And and again, you know, just because I feel like this might need to be said more than once. I we are not making the case that every second of the day your house looks like no one lived there. Right. That if that is your idea of order, your idea of order has been more influenced by the culture than by scripture. Mm-hmm. So I know one direction people can fall off the wrong end right. on is I would say sorry, like hyper minimalism. Oh, yeah. Right. So the moms who don't allow their kids to have any fun, busy toys because they don't want the mess, they can't organize it, whatever. That's a ditch you can fall on on the other side where I would say there's some moral order missing there. Um, I am someone who is very attracted to the idea of minimalism because I like the idea of less to worry about. I'm certainly not advocating for clutter. I think minimalism is can be pretty to the eye, but real diehard minimalists, like I think they're missing out on the fact that like God is not a a minimalist. That goes along with it as well, that you can definitely fall off the cliff. Yes. So I don't think that godliness is not my children only have two toys to play from and they'll enjoy it. Right. Um, godliness is not 
my children can't be tamed, so there's toys everywhere, and I hope your feet don't hurt because of the Legos. Right. Godliness is, how can I best bless my children and raise them mm-hmm. in the fear of the Lord? And one of those things, you know, it might get in the way of your aesthetic. You know, you right. might be that person that wants everything to be only, I don't know, pastel colors and or wood wooden toys or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so Montessori mom. Yeah. And so your kids can never have any toy that they're drawn Which, to. No, no hate. No, I mean those toys are beautiful. They're beautiful. But who are they beautiful for? <laughs> well, some of them are they're great toys. But yeah. I think it's the heart, what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm getting it's at. It's the heart behind like a little wooden rainbow that costs eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. is beautiful mm-hmm. and there's very very aesthetic and your kid georgia has some like rainbow puzzle stuff she loves it loves the colors that's fine. how it all locks together right. and everything that's because totally she likes fine. order yeah but, <laughs> but it's like if you could if your child that's obsessed with dinosaurs is never going to get to play with one because they're not in the color scheme yeah. that you appreciate yeah. your heart has gone wrong right so the order that i'm talking about is not that right where you have controlled every possible aspect of right. anything that anyone can enjoy because it helps your quote unquote like brain feel better about your space. That right. is not what I'm arguing to for. To quote something, <laughs> it's just one word. Uh, it's a thing that my husband says to me oh, regularly. Okay. Relax. <laughs> Do you ever feel relaxed when he says that? I've started to, okay, because it's not a relax. Da 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 da. Like, let me tell you why. Just take, relax. Take a breath. <laughs> yeah. So now, when mm-hmm. he says it, it's become mm-hmm. for me. What that means is like, okay, like the person who knows you best and holds you accountable for your sin is telling you to relax. What they mean is you are going too far, nuts. Okay. And your shoulders are up by your ears. Yeah. And your teeth are grinding. Yeah. And you're falling. You're circling the drain. (laughs) Just going in circles. Relax. Well, and I mean, the order that's not that is chaos. Yeah. It we sometimes we can dress up Mm -hmm. our chaos to look more orderly and neat. Mm -hmm. But that is actually Mm -hmm. chaos. Yeah. Well, and I would say, too, how you apply the principle of living in ordered and uh, not confused life, given that all of us are sinners in a sinner, sinful world, and we're all, we all have different circumstances, like there really isn't a 10-step program no. to how do I get order? Or like, like, do these three things and it'll all be more fun. Right. The fact is, is like God is taking you through seasons. And the question is, are you willing to change or alter what needs to be changed. So like whatever God is putting in your cup right now, are you willing to take it and be faithful with it? Because it might be harder than you want it to be. It might be more challenging than you want it to be, but are you willing to be faithful with it? So if what God is calling you to right now is three kids under the age of three, and for the last five years you've had the Instagram ready home Mm -hmm. are you ready to be joyful in this very crazy busy season where you're not gonna have the Instagram ready home can you be joyful can you pursue 
the most orderly home possible in the season that you're in, even though it's not necessarily the season that you thought would be the most fun for you. Right. Um, And if you're in a season where you actually do have more time to bring order into the chaos of your home, but you're not really feeling it and you'd rather be scrolling on your phone. Are you ready to change or alter what needs to be changed there so that you can be faithful in this season? Yeah. Two of the big things when I was kind of compiling my thoughts on this was one, are you ignoring something obvious? Like you feel like you have, you're drowning in your mess. Mm -hmm. Let's just be, yeah. Let's just be very specific uh, in this example. Yeah. Your house is messy. It's dirty. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can't even invite people over. Mm-hmm. Um, are you ignoring something like you're spending hours a day scrolling on your phone? Right. Are you spending hours a day watching television? Right. Are you ignoring something obvious mm-hmm. that is keeping you mm-hmm. from faithfulness? From Yeah. From faithfulness and from order. And then the second thing I was thinking of is it was basically kind of like, are you killing your sin? Are you maintaining inner order? Right. Because I'm I actually in this episode would love would challenge you that you are capable of much more Mm -hmm. than you even think you are capable of Mm -hmm. when you are maintaining the order of your inner man. Mm hmm. When you, when what I'm saying is mm-hmm. when you are attending to your attitude, mm-hmm. you will be shocked and amazed by how much work you can get, you done. Can get done. Yeah. And you will be shocked and amazed by how calm, cool and collected you are when you look over at a mess and you go, you know what? I just don't have time to d- deal with that today. Mm-hmm. I have, um, uh, you know, maybe you have like a playroom. We're mm-hmm. having people over. We're shutting the playroom door today. Just We're not closing it. it up. We're shutting the door. You know, it's just, it's, it's, you can't at the same, like, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. for you to have everything in place in your physical home, mm-hmm. uh, but then not take that care with your own Internally. self. Yeah. And that will change. That will, it, I just mm-hmm. say this as someone that has experienced it. Mm-hmm. You will be, you will praise God for the energy you feel. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's astounding mm-hmm. the ability that God gives you mm-hmm. to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that kind of exists on a scale. Like, so even say you have like some sort of chronic pain or fatigue disorder, like you can, I'm saying you can still be surprised by mm-hmm. how much your faithful attitude can Im- impact. Can, it, yeah. It, it like basically it strengthens you to do even more than you mm-hmm. thought that you could. Oh yeah. You'll absolutely. surprise yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think like sometimes we just aren't willing to acknowledge the things that we would rather engage in as the distractions that they are. Right. Um, and a lot of times those things are not things that are attending mm-hmm. to the inner man. Yeah. They're just kind of like undisciplined. Yeah. yeah. Just recreation fest. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I is think- not always, 
recreation fest has its time. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, yeah. So it's like now you're neglecting mm-hmm. the outer and the inner man. Right. Which is a very easy. That's just that's logically just how mm-hmm. how it works. Like, And it's it, no wonder at that point that you feel like everything's in chaos. Right. Because it is. Right. And then you haven't attended to yourself. You haven't really looked at yourself faithfully. And so you kind of develop a blindness. And that's why I said you're missing the obvious. Yeah. Because it's no longer obvious to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, I don't even know. Do we say this in book club? But like check your little app thing. Your settings oh, yeah, the that screen tell time. you how long you've been in which app and all that. Yeah. Because you might surprise yourself. Yeah. Um, because... A lot of times undisciplined recreation is it's kind of mindless mm-hmm. um, and we have such a uh, just a sea of mindless entertainment mm-hmm. at our fingertips at mm-hmm. all moments of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just well, check the, the obvious. Like, it won't seem that obvious to you, but right. really, yeah. that is if you feel like you don't have time, I really the first place to have start time. is say... <laughs> okay well what am I spending my time on yeah because you have 24 hours in a day so what is getting prioritized where it's just like when you if you if for six months you were struggling financially you would sit down and you'd go okay this is my budget (laughs) right making a budget right this is the money that I have to pay to these people to keep my lights running this is and this is what I'm spending on food and this that is how you would determine the excess spending that you're doing mm-hmm. where you that's how you're going to find those little blind spots those little mm-hmm. things that are adding up to more than you think mm-hmm. it's just it's like a time budget mm-hmm. and the only way to do it is to do it do it you have to just do it and there's there's no way to add time minutes to your day yeah um and so you are going to have to be intentional and faithful with your time and that's right. going to be so much harder if you are ignoring the obvious right pitfalls that are in your life. I can't remember which I remember my dad telling me this and I don't remember which, but the analogy will still work, but it, maybe it was Calvin or Owen or I don't remember who, but one of these reform giants of our past wrote uh-huh. the entire, their collected works, which take up an entire bookshelf of a regular size bookshelf wow. in tiny print before the age of 26. Oh, yeah, I remember thinking that a lot when we were reading Fair Sunshine. 26. They'd be like, he spoke multiple languages. He was... He copied the entire <laughs> New Testament multiple times. He was 24. <laughs> yeah. And now here we are yeah. and people are like, I don't have any time to even wash my laundry with the machines that do it for me and all I have to do is put it away and our forefathers in the faith were writing their entire collected works at the ancient by the ancient age of 26 now listen I'm not trying to shame anybody but I want to put in perspective that we have time right we just don't use it right we don't use it and I think some of it is that we don't take care of our physical selves. So we feel really tired and drained yeah. in ways that we or really we, ought not. Or we hear things like that and we're like, well, I can't like write a book. 
so I guess I should just give up and do nothing. We do that weird like Catholic thing where you determine that only certain things are a good faithful use of time. And if we can't accomplish those things, then we just, okay, I guess that's not my thing. Right. No. Right. (laughs) And I will say, I, I do know that for a lot of us, we view our children as a drain And I just want to say that if we are in a really troubled time because we really do think of our children as these things that we are not actually responsible for Mm -hmm. shaping and molding. And the fact of the matter is God gives us children and we're supposed to hand him back faithful adults. Like he gives us this little lump, this little potato looking thing. Mm -hmm. And in a matter of years, we are supposed to hand him back faithful adults and i will say that secure children children who are ordered who are disciplined are the children who are disciplined and i think insecure homes are the ones where you just never know like the order of the day can't be known and what i what i don't mean by that is your timeline what i mean by that is your children are not going to be very secure orderly or disciplined if they don't know godly expectations and boundaries. So if your child doesn't know whether or not today they're going to do something and get yelled at, but they did it yesterday and didn't get yelled at, you are creating a very insecure, undisciplined child who is going to live to cross those boundaries. Uh, Well, without proper discipleship, even kids that are disciplined or ordered that just becomes like behavior modification which we've already talked about that's not Mm -hmm. that's not true right transformation or discipleship well and god is faithful and consistent we know as his children what to expect from him day to day right like it's not like today i'm gonna sin and god's gonna be like "Ah, that's fine it's okay didn't see that Don't feel like dealing with that. And then tomorrow he's going to be like, you know what? I did see that. And now I feel like dealing with it. So now I'm going to deal with it like that. Can you imagine living under that would would absolutely create rebellion in your heart? And I think we create rebellion in our children's hearts when we are not clear with our expectations and then hold them accountable to our expectations. You are creating a disordered home. When you do that and part of faithful orderly parenting is being consistent in what you say, what you do, what your expectations are. And all of this has to be known to your children that it's being done under God's authority, that we aren't as parents, just the God in their life, that we live under God. Therefore, we are living this way because Christ is our authority. Then we will live this way, which is interesting because. Sometimes that is going to take away from the Instagram qualities of your house. Sure. Those days, Mm -hmm. those weeks Mm -hmm. that you are really Mm -hmm. dealing with discipleship issues where you're dealing with infighting and Mm -hmm. uh, just disobedience or lying or or just something you've let go on for too long. And Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're apologizing and repenting. (laughs) because you let it go on Mm -hmm. um as sometimes you become a christian when you already have children (laughs) 
mm-hmm. and then you haven't had order and now all of a sudden you've trained them one way and you're trying to retrain. And so certainly when we t- speak about order, we're not just talking about your physical home, no. though we are talking about that. That is not not part of it. <laughs> that is they're both a part of it. Yes. Um, but just let that be an example that touches on the sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes there's going to be this. Mm-hmm. That's that's all just a part of good management. Right. I think that's why women mm-hmm. uh, women almost feel as though we belong in these like leadership authoritarian positions because we are really good managers. We're really good at taking Mm -hmm. a lot of details Mm -hmm. and wrangling them them Mm -hmm. and ordering them. Um, We're really good at remembering everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yes, we are. (laughs) We'll never forget. Um, Well, and one way to like, I think check the orderliness of your home is to ask yourself, are we, are we daily honoring Christ in our homes as we would honor a guest? So what I mean by that is like a lot of us, before guests come over, we clean up. Right. We clean the house. We don't want them to yeah. see the mess. We, you know, we'll teach our kids like, okay, guests, you know, a guest is coming over. So, you know, when they shake your hand, you look them in the face, you speak clearly, mm-hmm. you be respectful, you offer them a glass of water. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll tell kids, you know, don't interrupt and da 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 da. But then day to day lives in between family members, we're super lazy about how yeah. we how we speak to each other. We don't expect the kids to be polite to each other. We 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 let them speak rudely or we practice being lazy and idle. We practice meaningless chatter. We don't teach our kids the importance of not being meaningless <laughs> chatterers. We mumble, we grumble, we allow rudeness. We allow we just think oh sibling infighting is so funny and normal. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they were doing that in front of a guest, we would be embarrassed. But the reality is is Christ is with you. <laughs> In your home. He's already. He's very present with us um, and is very aware of what is going on. And at the end of the day, if we're not practicing these things in our home, how can we ever possibly our children know that we're hypocrites? You're not getting a free pass if you leave your house messy when guests come over. (laughs) Not saying that. (laughs) But how can you possibly teach your child to respect someone if you don't expect your child to be respectful to their siblings? Right. Your kid is going to know you're a hypocrite and you don't mean it. That's been super normalized, I think, even just oh, yeah. in media since the 90s. I think that 80s and 90s that started creeping in just like, oh, you know, kids will. Kids it's just, just hate kids their do. siblings. Yeah. We all <laughs> like, grow up oh. hating each other. And then one um, day it's. And now we're best friends. Yeah. And it's like, well, sometimes that happens. But I think a lot of times what people don't realize is that. The camaraderie you feel when you became an adult was because you both don't respect how you were raised. I really think when I hear adults, I don't have this. Or I mean, it's just because now you're more mature and capable of ordering things right yourself so you're actually capable of having a respectful but essentially you both grow up and you agree on right. your childhood yeah because you both grow up and go wow yeah that was Let's really not messed be up like that anymore that was really messed up and we don't want it to be like that right whereas your 
parents should have been the one right. who didn't allow it. And so it's almost like what I hear from people is kind of a shared animosity right. for how they were raised. And that that ends up bonding them. Right. Whereas you've missed out on a lifetime yeah. of close relationship that should have been fostered well, and by just, your Especially for kids that are uh, professing believers. Mm-hmm. Like what an opportunity Mm-hmm. To be sanctified yeah. in your early adolescence mm-hmm. and uh, teenage years, and yeah, I mean, to, uh, like how what if you're not going to have? There is no until you get married. There is no in your face sanctifying relationship like your family, right? So the opportunity to be sanctified. It starts in at close home. quarters <laughs> yes. uh, with someone you potentially even share a bedroom with. Right. <laughs> like, the closest of quarters. Right. That is the, that is, it's an, um, it is an opportunity every single day yeah. for your kids. Yes. And that doesn't, that really doesn't have anything to do with you as a parent, as much as that has them growing up and being a believer. That's a person Yeah. Um, that is going to yeah. have their own kids and repeat this. Yeah. But if you really want to embitter your children's heart toward you and toward everyone else in the household, allow them to treat you and everyone else mm-hmm. poorly and just call it normal. Yeah. Everyone's going to be really bitter towards you mm-hmm. if that is the situation. If you don't bring order to that. Yeah. You know, and like I, I keep saying this, but your kids will know you're a hypocrite if they expect you to act one way at home. If you expect your kid to right. act one way at home and a different way in public, mm-hmm. your kid is going to know that you're a hypocrite. Yeah. At the end of the day, how your kids treat each other at home is how they're going to treat people outside of the home right. and eventually their own family members. Mm-hmm. So it's actually very important. And another note on that is that as your kids get older, one way to love them well is to involve them in the order of your home yeah, and involve them early, prepare them early for yeah, that. I was going to say that there, I think there are a lot of people too that feel they're feeling like the crushing weight of managing a home that they just quite literally can't manage by themselves. Right. It takes but more than trying. two hands. Yeah. They're trying to manage it just as mom and maybe occasionally asking dad for help with certain things when they have this whole arsenal of of helpers helpers (laughs) that aren't yeah that aren't even expected right to help well and a big one with that is you have to be willing for the dishwasher not to be loaded the way that you want well and you have to be willing to stop your whole day and keep the non-dishwashing dishwasher accountable yeah because you told them they're the dishwasher so if they're non-dishwashing they need to be held accountable for that. Right. And that does take time out of your day. Yep. And that's what I think we, I think, yeah, there is this, there is this like weird, it's, it is in some, in some ways it's easier to focus on the physical cleanliness and order mm-hmm. of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and but because it seems a little easier, we're in almost inconvenience to step away mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. But a non a non dishwashing dishwasher is disorder, right? If your actual electronic yeah. was not washing the cake, yeah, <laughs> the right. whole cake, <laughs> you'd be like, "This is defective. This is chaos." Right. 
Well, and that goes back to what I was saying before. And I know I talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well, is just that if you want to manage your home well, if you want to have children that trust you and believe what you say, when you give them direction, you have to follow up on it. Yeah. There is no such thing as giving a direction and then never finding out if it was followed. Imagine if like a general was commanding an army and he was like, this is where I want this battalion. This is where I want this fighter. This is where I want this. And then he just took a nap. Well, I was imagining a dishwasher. Like if you hired a dishwasher for your restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And then you just like never checked in with him. You never walked back never, to where the dishes are. Never actually required him to ever wash a dish. Yeah. How would that work? It would It would be... For anyone that's worked in food service, they know uh-huh. that would be chaos. It totally be, chaos. The dishes would not get cleaned. <laughs> and that's the thing is with your children, if you give them a direction, never give a child a direction that you have zero plan on following up on. Right. Because you are literally training them to be disobedient. Yeah. And you're training them not to trust you. Mm-hmm. And that is part of that insecure, disordered home I was talking about where it's like, if your kids don't know from day to day, like today you might mean what you say and tomorrow you might not, you are right. creating really insecure children. Yeah. And it is going to be a very unstable environment that's going to be really confusing for everybody. Yeah. Um, Definitely handle that. Let the dust pile up a little bit. To handle that. Yeah. <laughs> way more important. Mm-hmm. It's just way more important. And your kids need to know that you mean what you say and that yeah. you are not a liar, essentially. Um, and all of this, again, I can't say enough has to be done under the fact that Christ is the, is our head. Like mom and dad are under the authority of Christ. We submit to him. Right. And then mom and dad, even mom and dad have an order where the father is the Mm -hmm. head and the wife, the wife is to be submissive. Um, and all of that includes self-sacrifice on both parties. Mm -hmm. And that is just how, that is how it is. And that is what. So again, like I think a lot of women want, it would be easy if there was like three hot steps and then your house is ready for photos, but it's just not easy. You just have to do the work. There's, and there are systems that people like and, and if they help you great. Right. But even then they're going to require yeah, work order yeah. requires tending. That yeah. was the minute, I mean, God made everything and then he was, and then it was like, I need someone to take care of this. Yep. Now go and do it. So, yeah. And yeah, there was never, like you said, there was never a promise of no work. Of course, now we have the added toil. The toily. Yeah. The toiliness. <laughs> the toiliness of it all. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just look in your kitchen, go, ooh, this is looking a little toily in here. It's a little toily. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we're not doing it so that I can, we're not doing it to cross it off the list and move on so that I can serve myself. Right. I'm doing it as an act of service for the order of my home. Right. Um, that attitude. Yes. is very important. It strengthens you. It really does. Yes. It's very, very important. I just think, uh, I guess as a last bit of encouragement, do the... <laughs> I can't tell you how to best organize your home. Um, I know there were little hacks and little things that I did when my kids were really little and I didn't have a lot of hands. Um, Right now, your bookshelves are organized by color. 
So, so you know, mix it up. Try different <laughs> things. I'm in a different phase of life. <laughs> and my kids help me do that. Um, but I understand because I've already gone through that season where my books weren't even on my shelf because my infant's pulling them off as right. a matter of fun. Yeah. And at that juncture, what I did was got her on her own bookshelf and yeah. put her books on it mm-hmm. that I was fine with her. Yeah throwing on the floor because they're cardboard and it doesn't matter and yeah georgia went through a phase where she went to her well she went through a phase where she didn't touch the books because she was a little tiny baby then all she wanted to do was tear them all off yes (laughs) and so i would have to clean them up multiple times a day then i was teaching her to put them back up on the bookshelf now she selects a book and when we're done she puts it back you're in different seasons and you can handle all of them. And she's two and a half. We've, right. all, we've done all of that. <laughs> yes. In two and, two a, half and a half years. years. <laughs> I think that's another thing too is like you think you should be able to put press like autopilot. Mm. Like, okay, so I have this system that's working really well right now. Nope. Um, and everything's just like going great. And you're like, whoo, yeah, okay. And then it changes. And then things change. Yep. And you own, a part of it is really your attitude. You're like, yeah. why can't I just... Why can't the system I put into place yeah. just keep working? Why can't you accept the cup Why does that it have God to be all toily? Yeah. Now, accept the cup that God has given you. Right. And then bring, or if, if that cup includes disorder, because that is what this season includes, yep. then you do the work to bring order to it. Yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, your cup includes disorder, therefore just live disorderly. Drink that, drink that disordered <laughs> I'm saying that there are challenges that will present themselves and you absolutely can through Christ be faithful in those things and bring faithfulness to it. It doesn't have to stay disordered just because it is right now. Um, And you might need to adjust your definition of chaos. Mm -hmm. You might need to adjust your definition of disorder for a season but can you take that willingly and move forward? That's really mm-hmm. what I think that's what Christ does is sometimes we look around with our kind of sanitized Instagram eyes and we're like, this is disordered when really it's like, this is the work that God has put in front of you and it's good yeah. and it's good work to do. Mm-hmm. Good. Great. So you can leave us a voicemail <laughs> at 470-465-0475. We really said some things. Tell us where you put your forks. (laughs) If your forks are in your master bath, please tell me why. (laughs) Okay, that's it. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh, praise Him.